And uh, we're going to be focusing in on what Jesus wants us to do now that we understand who he is. And he passes on to us the ministry to touch people and work with people and see them come to know Jesus Christ. So our focus is Jesus in the marketplace and how every single one of you are instruments that God wants to use to touch the lives of others. So this is what uh, the next four to five uh, messages are going to be about. And we're going to have people come to actually share their stories uh, with us. Uh, I want to just let you know in regards to um, two events that we're having. One is going to be for the senior group, and the other is going to be for a workshop for uh, our congregation. There's a bivocational pastor on the island. His name is uh, Kirk uh, Milhone that is also a, a doctor, a pediatric cardiologist. And he is going to be, he has been working with about uh, over 150 COVID uh, cases in Maui. He's the only doctor that will come to visit you if you got COVID. If you go to a doctor generally now, they'll send you back home and say, take care of yourself until you get really bad and then come, you know. He'll come to you. He has worked with over 150 uh, patients. All of them, within the first few days, have gotten rid of COVID. Two have been hospitalized. Nobody has died. And uh, his story is an amazing story. He's going to be coming to share what he does and how he handles people and what you can do to prepare. So that's going to be at our senior meeting, not, not this week, but the following week uh, on the uh, 21st at 1030. And that's going to be both Zoom and in person. You're welcome to invite anybody you want to. And then November, on the first Sunday of November at 1.30, we're going to have a workshop with him here. So anybody in the church can come and uh, join us for that. So he's going to be speaking about the prevention of COVID, how you can strengthen your body so that you can uh, prevent COVID. And then if you get it, what you can do right away so that within two or three days, you need to have things ready so that it'll reverse it and it can, it can be reversed. You don't have to be afraid of COVID. Can you say that with me, everybody? <laughs> you don't have to be afraid of COVID, all right? So he's going to uh, explain uh, more in detail uh, how that's done because there's such a, a huge atmosphere right now that is being created all across America uh, with uh, the propaganda that's going on. So we want to talk about uh, Jesus in the marketplace. Let's pray together. Father, bless this uh, time as we commit it into your hands, and we ask that you would be with us and speak to us. Help us to realize that we are where you want us to be in our communities, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our place of employment and school and work, with the family and the network of people that you have given to us so that our lives can be a light in us and, and a blessing to them. Help us to see that in a clear way this morning, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. <clears throat> so we've looked at uh, different individuals in uh, the life of Jesus. Uh, we've looked at Mary and Matthew and the Samaritan woman. And what is really interesting about each of them 
is that uh, Jesus met them not in a temple. He didn't meet them in a synagogue. He didn't meet them when the Bible was being taught, right? He met Mary outside a tavern. He met uh, Matthew in his tax collector's booth. He met uh, the Samaritan woman as she was going around her daily responsibilities at the well. And what the Lord wants us to realize is that where we are every single day is where God is going to meet other people through our lives. We are the hands, the feet, the heart of Jesus and the mouth of Jesus. As the Father has sent me, Jesus said, and we don't have the privilege to be able to fast forward to the last part of Jesus' story when he looks at his disciples after his death and resurrection and he says, go into the world and as the Father has sent me, I send you. And we begin, uh, and as the disciples did, <clears throat> when the Holy Spirit came into their lives and Jesus promised, he said, you begin in Jerusalem where you live with the people that you know and then just spread out from there to wherever uh, God calls you. There's a there's a, a lot of misconception about um, the Christian life in the church, and we're hoping to bust those myths this, uh, this morning. Uh, there's a myth that, uh, that only uh, the clergy, only the ministers, only the uh, seminary-trained people are the most qualified to be ministers. Uh, that, and... Every one of us, every one of you are called to be ministers of Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a misconception that uh, the church operates. I'm glad for the church. I, I'm so grateful that we can gather to worship and be encouraged. But the, the church doesn't operate here. <laughs> this is just to equip you so that you can go out to where God's called you to do the work that the Lord wants you to do out in the community and out in the uh, work world. Uh, and then there's a misconception that uh, if you're involved in any kind of vocation, uh, you can't be as spiritual as those who are on the staff of the church. And the last misconception is that uh, you make money to support the church. And yet there's, and I'm so glad that uh, there, our church is doing so much outside uh, the four walls that's touching and ministering to different people's lives. Um, Pastor Lance is going to be coming up. I'm so glad with pa for Pastor Lance and Pastor Zach over the course of this past two months since uh, Pastor John's been on sabbatical for them coming and preaching and ministering. Ha haven't you enjoyed them being part of the pastoral staff? So Pastor Lance is going to be coming and talking about Mary and uh, Jesus ministering to her. Thank you, Pastor. How many ministers we have here in the house of God today? I think all of your hands should be raised. <laughs> don't, no, don't be afraid. God's called you as a minister and a mission, missionary into the world that you live. Think about that. That you're not God's, you're not an accident, but you're God's idea going somewhere to happen. And you're you're here to touch lives. Well, one thing when you look through the eyes of the Lord, it says that people need Jesus because of problems 
they have. Now tell me of anyone who hasn't had problems in life. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> life brings problems. Nobody's exempt from problems. And the greatest problem in life is sin. And that's the reason why Jesus came into the world. Now, if there was no sin, Jesus would have never come to the earth. But there is sin, and sin affects people. And in The Chosen, uh, we're going to look at the character of Mary. And Mary, you know, so contrast between Mother Mary, who Jesus, uh, she gave birth to Jesus. Her life was one where she had the word of God in her, and she seems to have lived a good life, even though she's young, but she had God in her. And that's why um, all the things that when the angel spoke to her, something in her realized that something special was happening. On the other hand, you find Mary Magdalene. And when you look at her life, it's totally extreme from the Mary, Mother Mary. Her soul, when you look at it, was tormented uh, in every way. She had nothing but pain in her life. And pain was actually leading her life. The Bible doesn't say what caused her to end up that way. Whether it was rejection, abuse, her sinning a lot, where she got hurt. But everyone like Mary in life, when things happen to us, we try to fill the void in our hearts because of what happened to us. We try to fill it. People fill it with drugs, sex, alcohol, food, even sports, <laughs> internet, beauty, pride in their work. We all try to fill those things. But Jesus is the answer. And for Mary, meeting Jesus, that changed her life. You know, Jesus went into her world. And he went into that place because he loved her. He gave her a new purpose in life, a forgiveness of sin. And in her testimony, Mary said this, as we looked at the chosen, she said, I was one way and now I'm completely different. And the things that has happened in between was him. Her life totally changed. And as a result, Mary became a follower of Jesus. And the Bible says that she was the first whom Jesus appeared. Wow. From where she was, Jesus came into her life and totally changed her. And I think when we look in, into the world that we live in our workplace, um, in our families, with our relatives, our friends, their lives, they need Jesus, because he's the one that will forgive sin and give purpose. Jesus said this, that he came to proclaim the good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, to recover sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Think about this. Jesus went into the world. And he recruited his followers in the world, not in the church, but in the world. And I think each of us, as we look in the eyes, in the lens of heaven, that that's our call, to reach somebody in the world that we live. 
I mean, we don't have to go to uh, Afghanistan or Russia. Just in the world that we live, that's our mission field, number one. Some of us will go there, um, but we have a mission. And the mission is people. And the answer is Jesus. And I think if we look at it that way um, from our life when we go to work, that we'll have a different perspective about life because people are hurting Unknowingly, people are hurting in life. And I've, um, one of the guys in, in my group, uh, Joey Fernandez, uh, he, he began to share his story on how he came to know Christ and really to follow the Lord. Uh, he kind of went, I think he had a Catholic background, but he was not really following God. And during the time of his life, he um, was going through a divorce. He was drinking seven days a week. He told me if it was eight days, he would drink eight days a week. But every day he would drink. He would party, everything. His life was going out of control. And he was in the uh, Army Reserves at that time. And his friend, uh, Bronson, one day told him, just told him this, you need to get, the, get a Bible. And that somehow triggered something in his life just because Bronson was a good friend of him, and Bronson just shared that word. Maybe you need to get a Bible. And that started his journey to search for God. And his life is totally changed now. When you look at him, his story in the past and his story now, it's totally different. In fact, uh, Joey once was a, uh, he be in the military, in the reserves. He became a chaplain for a season and then now he's looking to be a chaplain again with a, another part of the military. But God has a sense that for us, we may not, you know, have the scriptures and all, but we have our life to share to people's lives. So I just want to share with that. And Jesus loves Mary's in the workplace. So if you ever find somebody who's really uh, has a bad attitude, has things wrong with their life, they're doing things bad and all that. Remember this, that Jesus loves them too. Amen. I'm going to pass it to Pastor Zach now. You guys are lucky. Thank you, Pastor Lance. We, I, was, I was driving over and I was thinking, man, you, you got the Trinity this morning. You got the Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit over here coming at you. Uh, but you know, we, we talked about uh, uh, people who need Jesus, and then now I'm going to be talking about people who are seeking Jesus, people who are, are looking, searching, wanting, and I was one of those people. Any, anybody was that, was searching, looking, and then found God? Amen. Yeah, we talked about divine appointments. It's like, those, it's, it's that heart that seeking heart that God meets through those divine appointments in our lives, people seeking, amen? Matthew was one of those people who were seeking in the, in the show, in The Chosen. We saw him experience uh, something miraculous happen with Peter and the, and the boat and the fishes, and he was like, I cannot go on living without knowing the guy who made that happen. I cannot go on living without knowing that guy. And you could see the, just the change in his, in his 
uh, actions, the way that he, he looked at the world just began to shift and change, and he wanted to know. He wanted to know him. In Matthew 9, 9, it says, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me, and he rose and followed him. What led him to just drop everything and follow? What led him to that? He was seeking. He was already looking for somebody. He was already on this journey, this mental and spiritual journey of wanting to know who Jesus was. And I love that. There's, there's some people who are seeking in, a, in your lives. We're talking about uh, Jesus in the marketplace, bringing the gospel to the marketplace outside of the four walls of the church, because in here we have it. But where it's needed is outside. It's needed beyond these walls, through those doors, into the doors of your workplace. Your family, that's where the gospel is needed. Jesus didn't come to save the, the, the well and to heal the well. He came to heal the sick and to save the lost. Amen? Like we can find people seeking all over the place and we just have to be open to it. We have to be open. We need to pray and ask the Lord for favor and direction. Favor and direction. And he's going to lead us to those who are seeking. And I say favor and direction for two reasons. Or maybe a few reasons. Okay? One, we may be in a position where we cannot openly share. How many of you are in a position like that? Anybody? That you cannot openly share your faith. I know teachers have it rough. And then there's probably some other companies that you, you cannot share. And so when you're in a position like that, it's crucial that you pray for favor. Favor and direction. Because it's God's wisdom that is going to lead you into opportunities. It's going to lead you to opportunities where you can present God. And not only that, but maybe favor from your boss, from the employment, to be able to have the freedom. Amen? Because that's huge. Another, another reason is you can openly share, but how? How do you do it? And that's where you need his direction and his wisdom. And so we want to pray for those things in our lives so that we can go out and we can find those people that God can lead them to us. He's not going to lead them to somebody who isn't ready. If somebody is seeking, they're ready to hear. But if you are not ready to share, he's not going to send them to you. Amen? So it's a challenge for us to always be ready in and out of season, if we're in church or out of church, that we are ready to give an account, to share our faith and to share the love of God in that moment. You and I need to be ready. And as we pray and seek the Lord and seek his wisdom, that's how he prepares our hearts and he encourages us. Little by little, he encourages us, he builds us up. And in church, this is where we begin to learn more, yeah? You can understand the gospel, how to present it 
a little better. And if you don't know, then you can always ask somebody else who does know. You know uh, Pastor Steve Murrow, uh, one of the leaders in our organization, Every Nation, he would always say, you don't have to know everything. You just need to stay one chapter ahead of the person that you're leading. You don't have to know everything. Just one chapter ahead of the person you're leading. So you find somebody who's one chapter ahead of you and be like, hey, what did you just read so that I know? Yeah? There's a lot of people who, like, we shrink away and we shy away from stepping out in faith because we feel we are not equipped and we're not qualified. Amen? And just as Pastor Eddie was saying, and Pastor Lance was saying, you and I, we are all ministers of the gospel. All of us. It doesn't take special training. It just takes an understanding of the word of God. Can you read scripture? There you go. Read scripture to somebody. Share it with them. And just let God do the work in their life. Amen? There are people seeking. Pray for favor and direction in your workplace, in your family. And let him lead you to those who are seeking. Amen? Pastor Eddie's going to close us off and, and end today. Thank you very much, Pastor Zach. <clears throat> Uh, two things that I think would be really helpful for you, and if you can just uh, jot this down. If you said, I, I don't know how to lead a person to Christ, um, I would suggest that you get on uh, online, on the web, and look for Roman Road to Salvation. Any, uh, how many of you have heard of the Roman Road to Salvation? Have you? Okay, not enough of you. Roman Road to Salvation gives you, in the book of Romans, all the verses that you need to memorize or just know so that you don't even need your Bible and you can just go through this, these step-by-step, step, and then lead somebody to Christ. Okay, that's one thing. The other, the other resource that's really, really good uh, is the bridge to salvation. So, Roman Road to Salvation or the Bridge to Salvation. And this is usually by, done by the Billy Graham Association or Navigators. And it shows you uh, a chasm with a person on one side and God on the other side, and you can't jump over it and get over it except the cross, you know, is a bridge. And you go through explaining basically the Roman road uh, to get from one side to the other side to accept Jesus into that. You know, there's so many people who are hungry for God. You know, they, they are searching for God in their hearts. And we are the instruments that God wants to use to touch their lives. Uh, and they're searching in so many different directions because there's a vacuum in their lives and they're wanting to fill it and they can't find what is going to satisfy them. And so they reach out to everything available in the world and nothing will satisfy until they come to know who God is. Uh, someone said that there's this God-shaped vacuum in every human being. No matter what you put down that vacuum, unless they find God, it, they're never going to be satisfied. Uh, I had a really interesting insight. Uh, I appreciate the, uh, the background, the research, the study that has been done before these chosen episodes were put together. Right? Um, I don't know if you had this problem, but when I looked at the Samaritan woman, I, I guess because I come from a college kind of background, 
and always had to argue people, argue with people and try and convince them that Jesus was who he, he is, you know. And even when I got filled with the Spirit, uh, spoke in tongues, believed in miracles, I had to uh, be able to walk people through the Scriptures in all of this. And when I saw the Samaritan woman and Jesus getting really close to home and talking to her about the, the five husbands she had in her life, uh, and then all of a sudden she starts talking about, oh, you know, the Jews worship in Jerusalem in the temple and we worship in the mountain. And um, what do you say about that? You know, I, I thought that she was changing the subject because she didn't want to discuss God in her life, you know, and she didn't want to discuss her own personal life. And what the, what the episode of The Chosen did for me was see inside her heart that Jesus saw, that she was actually searching for God, <laughs> seeking for God. Because uh, in the opening conversation with Jesus, she says, our father Jacob, so she claims some Jewish roots, some spiritual connections in her life. But, but she was isolated from the temple worship because she was a Samaritan. You know, she said, you Jews worship in Jerusalem. We, we're confined to have to worship here. Samaria, where once it was a place of worship. And we're not allowed to get into the temple. You know, there's lots of people who feel that way. You know, that they're excluded from God's kingdom. They're not good enough. And I think she felt that way. And she was trying to cram down into her life what would satisfy and no man could satisfy her because only God could. And Jesus went to seek her out because he understood her heart. Now, I, I, never, I never understood that. I, I never realized that. And she said, I want to seek, this is what I believe she was saying, I want to know God. I want to seek him. I'm looking for the Messiah, but I'm being prohibited by my culture and by others to be able to do it. And Jesus was going to give her an answer that would touch her heart and change her life. And it was so powerful that she became an influence in that whole village. I mean, that, Jesus had to spend two full days working with people because she was just touching all these lives, bringing them to Jesus, and Jesus would, and maybe he would reveal everything that was in every single one of their hearts, you know, so that they would know that he was really God. I don't know, but the, the revival, there was a huge revival that happened there. And God wants to use you and use me to touch the hearts of people just like that who are crying out for God, and especially in the environment that we live in, people want God more than ever before. They just realize something's going on that's crazy in this world, and there's got to be an answer. And you are that answer. I'm not the answer. I'm, I'm an answer for the, the circle of people that I know, but you've got a circle of people that I can never touch and never reach. So all of us, are ministers of Jesus Christ in the particular uh, place that God has put us in. You know, there's teachers that can't be reached. So those of you that are teachers, 
you know, God takes you as a Christian, disguises you as a teacher, get into the group of teachers so that you can be accepted and you have a platform to share your love and God's love with them. You know, what, whatever profession that you're in, um, for me years ago, I just didn't have the kind of connections. I was so caught up in, the, in building the church and working with the people coming and I thought, I don't have any contacts with non-believers except people who come, they want to accept Jesus, I work with them, and, and I said, I, I've got to reach out somehow, and um, I, I realized that my love for tennis could touch people's lives, you know, so I went out, made friends in the tennis world, and it's really interesting, one day I, I was playing tennis with uh, this uh, couple, and they brought their daughter, and the daughter was playing on the side, and we were playing, and between sets, you know, she, Sue sat down with me. She looked at me. She said, you know, my daughter got up this morning, looked at me, and she said, um, I want to know God. Can you help me? And she said, I don't know what to do. And she looked at me, and she said, um, can you help my daughter find God? <laughs> I said, yeah, Sure. You know, so they went, they, they were playing, and so the daughter came by me, sat down, and I explained to her the Roman road of salvation. I explained her the bridge to life. You know, I just, I didn't have my Bible with me. I just explained. And there, right on that tennis court, seated at, at that bench, I led Kama to Jesus Christ. Not knowing that after her high school years, she was going to go to Chaminade and get her Montessori degree and be the Montessori teacher as we got our preschool started. And for 15 years, we've had the preschool going, touching hundreds of kids and thousands of parents and, and families. All because I just said, I want to find a way I can connect to people who don't know Jesus and not be confined to the church as a minister. You don't have that problem because you're already there. You know, you've got all the connections and God can, God can use you. Uh, I'm going to close with this and we'll have the worship team come on up. I, I hope you can feel God tugging at your heart letting you know that there are people that you work with, that you rub shoulders with in your family, in your neighborhood, that are searching for God, just like the Samaritan woman, just like Matthew, just like Mary, that they, they need the Lord, and you're their connection. Um, this is a, a guy that's a friend in Okinawa right now. This is uh, Tom and Christine Burkhart. And I just heard this this past week, that on his... Uh, Facebook birthday uh, celebration, he was just recounting how, uh, how he came to know Christ in his life. He went out to Japan as a missionary. Um, he was a student at the University of Hawaii, the University of Ma Manoa campus, and he was just sitting, I don't know, just waiting for a class or something. Somebody comes walking up to him sits down and says, um, do you want to know God? I mean, who would do that, right? 
Just, do you want to know God? And he looked and he says, you know, I want to know God. <laughs> and he was led to Christ, accepted Jesus in his life, just through a stranger <laughs> because his heart was after God. And you know, there are a lot of people like that. They're just waiting for someone to come up and say, I can help you know God in, in your life. Do you want to know God? I am here because years ago in high school, one of my classes, somebody said, hey, come, come to church. And I went to church. And all this happened through decades because of an invitation. I think there's a lot of people waiting for an invitation like that. There's, um, there's Samaritan women next to a well doing their daily duty. There's people outside a tavern that are desperate because they've got problems and needs and they don't know who to turn to. There's very wealthy, rich, secure Matthews that are just fed up with life and they know that there's more than what they found. And they're waiting for someone to come their way. They're searching. And you're their answer. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Can we stand together this morning? Jesus is in the marketplace still. He met the woman, the Matthew, Mary in the marketplace. And he's still in the marketplace through your life. Can we pray together? Father, this morning, I just, I just pray for the Marys and the Matthews and the Samaritan women all around us whose hearts are searching and seeking and desiring you in their lives and you've placed us right next to them and i just ask that you give us love and compassion and wisdom and open doors to be able to touch these lives in our marketplace in our community in our place of work in our schools for you We open our hearts, accepting that you send us as you sent Jesus into this world as ministers of your kingdom. In Jesus' name. We're going to close, but I'm wondering, uh, how many of you want to be used by God to touch another person's life? Can, can you just raise your hands? And we believe that, Lord, you will use us as instruments of your grace and your love to the lives all around us. And may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace. Today, this week, every single day, of your life. In Jesus' name we pray together and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great day and a great week.